0: Welcome to Eva, the Relationship Maker podcast, where we talk about relationships, we talk about successes, and we talk about uncomfortable subjects like today. As I mentioned that we are going to talk about uncomfortable subjects. And today for the uncomfortable subject, I have Jason Matthews. He's a compassion strategist focusing on helping men and women create toxic proof relationships by helping them identify toxic individuals and act with authority and confidence. And I'm so love that that word toxic because shame on the person who, who came up with that notion, toxic masculinity, because I think it's disgusting. And I think it's so not right. That, that's my my take on it. And how can be somebody toxic? How can you say that it's toxic masculinity? Masculinity is a trait that we are all women we all looking for, and men all want to have it. So I'm I'm, I'm just opening up the discussion on this one first on this first uh subject hello jason nice to see you again
1: eva it is always a pleasure to be on here thank you so much
0: so what your take on on toxic masculinity
1: um first of all i think that the term uh is very misguided because it assumes that there's a presupposition there a presupposition is something that is believed to be true but not expressed. And the presupposition is that toxic behavior is a male trait only. And this is completely false because toxic, toxic uh, behavior is not a gender thing. It's a human thing. And it has to do with what we neglect. Um, And so if you think about toxic behaviors as uh, what we neglect, the things that we focus on, when we focus on what we need to, adhere to as human beings does healthy behavior. It's really that simple. It's do you pay attention to what needs to be paid attention to, or do you neglect it? Paying attention to it makes you a honorable authoritative and pleasing person to be around neglecting. It makes you toxic. It's, it really is that simple. It's, it's, it's all binary. It's all either yes or no. And to have this notion that it can only be one thing, this is called an attribution error believing that only one thing can mean one thing and it is based on ignorance it is based on faulty premises that has not enough data to make an assumption that has not been tested or proven and so now you've got people that believe in these quote-unquote authority figures that are using terms like toxic masculinity something most people don't even know what the hell they're talking about and then saying oh yeah it must be true because this person said that you're creating a culture that is very damaging and very dangerous because people just want to be noticed, but they aren't taking the time to really understand what they're saying. And as a man, this is something that, that really affects me personally, because this is something that, that I've been fighting against since I was, oh, maybe 15. Before toxic masculinity or the idea of, of um, this kind of thing ever was in even the back of people's minds. The idea of toxic behavior, it's based on ignorance. And ignorance is something that I have made my lifelong goal of of really helping to eliminate, well, at least reduce. Because the more you can educate someone the right way of doing things and helping them along to make sure that things get done right, whether you're a man or woman, it doesn't matter. The, the idea of helping someone do something better is going to make the people around them much better. So it becomes a mass ripple effect of good. So people who, like you and I, who are very well knowledgeable in the ideas of relationships, how people interact, and how people can value themselves and value each other are absolutely necessary in in order to create these kinds of conversations that change the dynamic, that help to educate people in the right way, in a way that is respectful of the person and the people around them in order to create new and better behaviors.
0: I was so excited about the subject and about everything that I forgot that today it's for the men. We are talking about (laughs) everything about men and helping them to understand and get away from that concept that I'm not good enough, I don't do well enough. I'm I'm not this, that, that, that. I want them to recognize how special they are and to live up to it as a father, as a husband, as a man, as an individual, because it's so much confusion. So it's like people are following the, the wrong role models. they are are getting into that the same kind of of, uh, bucket as women that let's show how is my body and everything. What about the essence of the man, which is much more important a man, it's not the body as the woman is not just the body, but we are much more than that. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? What is the confusion? How, How could we get rid of that confusion?
1: So the confusion exists in the, it's a lazy notion of, well, not really lazy, but it has to do with this idea of heuristics. And people are always going to find the the shortest path to create a answer that satisfies a question. The least amount of energy expended to understand something that in a way that makes sense to them. And so if they could be given one thing or a very simple process, a hack, if you will, they're going to follow that and believe that is rote, that it's law, even though it really has there's no basis for it to be trusted, but because it means that they don't have to think too much about the answer and they can just go along satisfied with what they have been told, yeah, it works for them, and so they they decided that that's going to become their reality when when human beings are so much more complex than just one thing. boil people down to one thing just really it it completely insults and degrades the entire human race not just men and not just women but it when when you target it at a certain gender then not only does it does it degrade but it alienates and marginalizes
0: you know what's interesting i have uh, read a while ago a book and i couldn't finish it it's called uh, the alpha male and it sickens me that people who have no idea what they're talking about, they're writing books and they are educating people. And one of the, the chapters, they're talking about, they have like 26, 25 points about how to be an alpha male. And basically it goes to body language. The most most of it, it's like how you how you purse your lips, how you, uh, how you keep your body posture, how you smile, how you flirt. And I'm like, it's all so choreographed that it's not natural. You know I understand, yeah, eye contact is, in, is important and you can tell a person if it pays, pays attention to you or not. But I met psychopaths, <laughs> or sociopaths, whatever you want to call, they were looking you in the eyes and they were telling the lie. So all this, I know that you developed the program that what you, what is your take on all these so-called gurus who talk about what is to be, a, how is to be a man and what is to be a man and what you have to do to be a man.
1: So when talking about an alpha man, the, the, um, Best role model that I can think of to really really just epitomize what the alpha man really is, is Andy Griffith. If you've ever seen the Andy Griffith show, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, find it because you're going to see a person who, who embodies everything that is supposed to be real about an alpha male, a true alpha male. And everything that you've just described, that quote-unquote gurus talk about the alpha male, where it's supposed to be, this is a process called posturing. And posturing is not good. (laughs) Another word for for posturing is fight or flight. It, it It is energy that is nervous. It is energy that is not calm. And anyone that is around that kind of energy is going to notice and have a sense of uneasiness even if it's just subconscious, they're going to know that there's something not right with the situation. The problem is we don't pay attention to those, to those signals. And so we end up getting into relationships with people who don't feel right within themselves, and we end up creating talk, they, they, we end up in toxic relationships. So a toxic individual is someone that does not seem calm. That there, there seems something off. They, they cannot feel calm and needs to prove something. And we we do see this with men because for a large part, men are ignored emotionally. And I think a big reason why we have so many quote unquote gurus who are giving all these strategies, all these skills, all these things that people need, that men need to. Embody in order to be seen as a real man is to overcome that ignoring factor. We've needed to create strategies of being recognized. It's like when a child is is ignored and then after a while they act out. They, They might bully someone. They might cause mayhem. They might try to burn their own house down. Uh, varying degrees of, of um, behavior that is, is designed to grab attention. And that's exactly what these strategies are, are designed to just to grab attention. That's it. They're not designed to actually make a person feel more authentic. They're there to grab attention. And there is a better way to be recognized than by grabbing attention. The first way is to ignore what we hear about what a man is supposed to be from these people who are trying to quote, unquote, eliminate toxic masculinity. Most of them don't even know what that is. So being able to just ignore those strategies, those people is the first step. Second step is to find out what it means for you to be whole within yourself. What is it as a man that that, does it mean for you to feel like you matter? What is it you need in order to feel like you matter? When you understand that, broadcast it. Make sure people know what you need and get over this idea that you are broadcasting weakness. Because there's nothing about a man that is weak, especially when they recognize that there is something that they are lacking that they know they can get from another person, especially from their counterpart, their female or even male counterparts. Being able to be courageous enough to say, I need help. And then be receiving of the help that you get.
0: I am um, binge watching uh, Pitbulls and Parolis. Have you ever okay. seen that?
1: I've seen a couple shows of it, yeah.
0: And I, I love the, the. I love Tia. In, she's the main character. She she owns this canal um, that has more, more than 200 pitbulls. And he, she takes in paroles that just came out from the jail and, and teaches them something to how to be basically a man. And she's a woman, but the interaction between the dog, between her, between her experience, it's very interesting to see the shy boy. And after two or three seasons, seeing this man who is very confident and stands up and changes their life. And I believe that when people say, oh, I didn't have a father figure. Yes, you did not have a father figure, but now you are not a child anymore, you are a grown up. And I I was reading, like we we read the same article about this uh, gentleman who says, I did not have a father figure, but I enrolled in the army and I chose people who I was looking up to, who I wanted to become to be that person. Um, and I'm going to, work, to give one more example. And after I let you talk about it, because I'm sure you have a lot to say, I'm reading um, Aspire by Frank uh, McKinnon. And uh, he was he's talking about uh, being a service to other people that makes you fulfilled when it's not about you all the time, and I think most men, they have this this thing that I am the best. I have to gloat. I have to have the flashiest car. I have to have this in order to be taken seriously, or to be considered a man. What is your take on all this? <laughs> Sorry.
1: That's okay. Um, I I have to go back to my reference to Andy Griffith because anything that 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 is not. So, so, Andy Griffith. For those who don't know, because I, I guess I'm dating myself, um, it was a black and white show where Andy Griffith was, was a small town uh, sheriff, and it was all about the things that he had to that he encountered in his job and in his life, and how he managed those situations with his own authority, and how he approached every situation, and how he dealt with it in a way that not only made people respect him, but also made people want to follow the law because they did not want to disappoint him. And so I've identified six traits that every person, especially men, uh, very much especially men, need to really pay attention to. Because remember, it's either the things that you need to pay attention to in order to become a good person or that you neglect in order to become toxic. So I've I've identified six traits and I call these the six traits of composure. Uh, So they are awareness, preparation, discipline, leadership, gratitude, and enjoyment. And just to give you an idea of what I mean by composure, composure is that sense of stillness. If you've you've ever seen a pendulum that moves back and forth one direction or another, when when it's not moving at all, it's in a state of composure. It's at a state of rest a state of relaxation. The more that we, as men, can be in that state of relaxation, the more we are going to embody these six traits naturally, because we feel like there's nothing we have to prove. Mm -hmm. The moment we feel like we have to prove something, that we have to either fight for recognition or we have to run away because we're overwhelmed or distance ourselves from something, we are in a state of posturing. And posturing, like I said, is that fight-flight energy. And the alternative to that is just to run and hide, to completely disengage completely. Um, that's called collapsing behavior. So anything that that isn't composed is either posturing or collapsing. And it's that what, what's interesting is you can only do one of those for so long before you have to go to the other side of the pendulum. So you can only posture for so long before you need to, before the energy is depleted. Because we're not meant to be that chest thumping, constantly grunting kind of person that is always either looking for a fighter to mark our territory or be dominant. That's, that's not what men are supposed to be. But when we exhibit that behavior, eventually it, it drains us. We can only do that for so long, and so that we have to, in most cases, if a healthy individual will do that only as long as necessary for them to come back to a state of composure. If it, once once it's no longer needed, they will be they will find their center, their calm. If they don't know what that is, they will swing all the way from posture behavior over to collapsing behavior, having to run and hide, to recharge, to isolate in order to. Regroup the energy that was expended because there's no way of knowing how to be seen as just a stable person who doesn't need to prove themselves and doesn't have to run away and hide, just someone who can be. When a man is able to do that, when a man is able to just have that sense of this is who I am, I am comfortable with who I am, and nothing around me can shake me, now you have someone who is worthy of paying attention to. Now you have someone that people want to give authority to because this is someone that, that, that can be trusted. This is someone who is seen as safe because the more a person can, especially a man, the more a man can be can demonstrate their ability to be calm under pressure, the more likely they are to be able to control their immediate surroundings, their, their four-foot view of the world. They're able to have some semblance of influence over that. If they can influence that with other people around them, it it um, becomes infectious. So now other people want to embody that influence as well. And they're willing to model and mimic that composed behavior. So as, as men, it's our job to understand how to become composed. That that's really the, the biggest hurdle that a man has Overcome. How do we show composure? Because by showing that composure, we teach our daughters what to look for in a, in a good man. We teach our sons how to act when they interact with others. And we teach our, our wives what they can rely on so that they can express themselves the way they need to. They can come to their men to say, I have this problem and I know you can help me because I trust that you're going to maintain this composure regardless of what happens.
0: That's a great example. It's, um, it's very interesting that um, did you were I think you were saying that most of the teachers these days are women. So you are raised by uh, a woman, by a single mother. Most of your teachers are women. And how you step away from that feminine energy, where you go, what can you do to to regroup and say, okay, uh, that's all good. I have the feminine energy around me, but I want my masculinity. I want to be a boy. I want to be a man. How you do that?
1: First of all, you can't step away from it because it's at that, that female energy is also absolutely important because that's where we learn empathy. That's where we learn how to relate to other people. So what we need to do is we it's it's not about stepping away from the feminine at all.
0: It's a balance.
1: Exactly. It's about learning how to balance that. I don't believe that there's anything wrong with women teachers um, having that role because I think that women have a much better understanding of how to connect with people than men do men demonstrate women connect Mm -hmm. so it's not about finding okay so how do we find more male teachers how do we find more male role models it's how do we find more men that we can emulate to show what it means to be a composed individual how am i going to um be under pressure? how am I going to conduct myself in a way where I can stay calm and I can stay collected even as the world is falling, falling away around me? How can I maintain this sense of calm even though everything is going to crap? So that's, that's really what we need from men, not so much teachers but role models. I think men teach to, men, men suck as teachers for the most part because it's hard for them to communicate how they feel. Women are much more connected to their emotions than men are. So it's not about uh, about replacing women or finding how can we how can balance those scales. It's about knowing where the best use of that energy is. Masculine energy demonstrates. Masculine energy does. Feminine energy nurtures. It teaches. So it's absolutely necessary to have both. You need to learn how to use your empathy, which women are the best teachers of, but you also need to learn how to be composed. And masculine energy is, there's no better teacher of that than demonstrating how masculine energy is from a, pro, from a male who is very comfortable with their own masculine energy.
0: It's Interesting. I used to go to many companies and you could pinpoint out who is the leader even though some men were in the leading position, they were not leaders. It's a big difference between being a natural leader or or just being a leader. Because I find that the people who scream the loudest, the people who put down others, the people who are self-serving, and they're saying they they are the leaders, those are not leaders, those are fake leaders. What, your, what is
1: your take on real leaders? A real leader doesn't need to demonstrate anything. If you're trying to demonstrate something, you're posturing. And like I said before, posturing is not composed. And composure is the best way to embody that leadership principle. Leadership isn't something that, y- that you demonstrate. It's something that you are. It's one of the six traits of composure that I've listed before. It's exit number four. So you got awareness, preparation, discipline, leadership, gratitude, enjoyment. So with awareness, you are aware of the situation around you, and you are aware of your own physical limitations and power, as well as your emotional awareness and emotional intelligence. So there's empathy as well as power awareness. With, with preparation. What you're doing is you're always making a plan. You're always making sure that you have a way forward, even if it's just in the moment. As soon as you have something happen to you or so you're, you are in a situation that is going on that you, cannot, you can't necessarily control, being able to say, okay, so what is it that I can do that will help me and those around me? That is preparation. Discipline is the ability to follow through over and over and over again with that plan. And the leadership is just demonstrating your confidence, your ability to just be and do. And it has nothing to do with telling people what they can do. Because now, here's here's the misconception about leadership. Leadership is all about responsibility. It has nothing to do with authority. For some reason, people think that leadership is all about demonstrating authority. You cannot demonstrate authority. You can't. Authority has to be granted. It cannot be taken. All you can do is demonstrate the responsibility that you have, and leadership is taking that responsibility seriously and making sure that it is cared for in the best way that you can. Only then can people give you the authority that you're able to make something happen. That's why I say authority has to be given. I can't say, Ava, I now have authority over you. I'm going to make sure you do what you have to do. You're going to say, F you, pal, because you are your own person. You are an independent person. It has nothing to do with you being a man or a woman. It's just the fact that you're going to have a reactance to that because you need to demonstrate your autonomy. You need to demonstrate your independence. You're not going to let someone... Lord over you like you're their slave. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. But when, when a leader believes that they have authority over another person, that's exactly the kind of relationship that they're creating. They're creating a sense of indentured servitude between them and the person that they think that they're leading, but they're actually controlling. That's toxic, by the way. That is toxic leadership, is when you try to um, take authority rather than take responsibility. So with with gratitude, this is being grateful for everything, the good, the bad, the indifferent doesn't matter. Being grateful for everything that you experience and then enjoying the process, enjoying everything that you do, living life with that sense of enjoyment, that, that you love life and you enjoy the risk of living. These things, and only when you have all six of these things show that you are composed and a composed person, especially a composed man, is the ideal uh Definition of healthy masculinity.
0: Thank you. What do you think about I I have been to many workshops and they're always saying fake it till you make it?
1: No, it's not fake it till um, you make it. It's act as if you have already arrived.
0: Yeah. But the, di- the but difference this places but this places it was fake it till you make it. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Fake it till you make it? That's not real. So
1: Right. So with fake it till you make it, what this means is just show up. Even if, if, you, if, even if you don't feel right, just show up. The problem with, with this is if you just show up and no one corrects your behavior or no one shows you the proper way to show up, you're going to believe that the way that you're showing up is the way that it's supposed to be. There's, there's this saying that negative behavior that is not corrected is rewarding. And so if you just show up with the wrong attitude, with the wrong behavior, it's not corrected and it's paid attention to, you're going to believe that this is the right way to be. And this is the greatest disservice a human being can have, whether it be a man or a woman, believing that their their interpretation of what leadership needs to be or their interpretation of what success needs to be, when it's completely off and it's more predatory than it is helpful, but no one corrects that they turn into predatory leaders. They turn into people that don't understand why they are always being beset upon, why other people are always talking about them, why other people want to steal their success, why other people want to do them wrong, betray them, steal their name, steal their fame, do everything, Um, whatever it is. They don't understand why that is because they were never corrected when they first embodied those behaviors and then they felt like it was okay. And the moment you think that something is okay, you double down on it and you just make it your reality. Instead of if you have that mentality of act as if you have already arrived, what does that mean? Now you're able to look for the proper ways of, of arriving and you're able to blend in, in the way that, show that other people are also acting. When you when you act as if you've already arrived, you know that you have it, but the question you're always asking is how do I do that? And that is probably one of the best questions that you could ask because now you're, you're looking for cues. You are looking for the models that you can base your behavior on that is going to be the most helpful.
0: And there is another thing that I heard a lot, emulate someone. You like, you take a person, you really like how they are, and be like them. I think you cannot be anything but yourself. What is your take on that kind of concept?
1: I actually disagree with that. Because modeling, um, going back to my previous point, modeling is one of the most effective forms of behavior modification. Okay. And so when we, when we model behavior that we enjoy, that we know is either successful or know that is going to lead to a great result, then it's great to model it. Don't copy, model. Because you can model behavior while still staying true to yourself. If you copy someone else, then you aren't being authentic and that's going to show through. But if you're modeling a certain way of being and you stay true to your own values, your own morals and your own motivations, then that's okay because you are looking at the the blueprint of how to do things and you are finding a way to make it your own. So with, and this is why um, men are such great role models because they, masculinity needs to be modeled. It needs to be saying, this is how you do it. Follow my lead. Don't copy what I do, but follow my lead.
0: It's so a big and, difference between modeling and uh, and really copying someone. Yes.
1: Yep. By modeling, you're, you're able to take the best of the of, of what you need and assimilate it to the person that you already are. And we we are already wonderful people. So why try to become something that you aren't? Why try to become someone else? You're, you are the way you are for a reason just take the best qualities that help you express that even better model the things that are going to help you to express who you are in the best way possible discard everything else and move forward
0: i like that we were talking about about childhood about modeling about how you find someone that can help you to become a better man and i'm curious about in relationships, because now we can go when when your business is successful, you you took the time to learn about yourself and to become the best of yourself. Now relationships—that is—it's a wider subject because women they want something, but they they go for another thing, so. How are you going to, be, to find that, that middle ground that you're going to find the right partner?
1: So this is, this is something that I love talking about the most because there's a huge misconception about the ideas of relationships, of business, and how we approach both. Because when, when we approach things as either business or relationships, there's a divide that does not actually exist. It is a manufactured divide that has, it's irrelevant because the way that you approach your business, if done right, is also going to be the way that you approach your relationships. And what I mean by that is let's go back to that idea of composure of, of of true masculinity. If a person who is, naturally masculine has that healthy masculinity about them where they're able to have awareness, preparation, discipline, leadership, gratitude, and enjoyment, they're going to be someone that other people are attracted to. And not only in their, in their business life, but also in their personal life, they're going to have a spouse that looks up to them. They're going to have kids that respect him. They're going to have friends that really enjoy being around him because of the way that he makes them feel. He's going to have a community of people where he feels like he belongs because there's something about him that other people enjoy. There's synergistic relationships happening where he shows a trait of composure where he shows this idea of composure. Other people reflect that back to him. And now it's reinforced. It's, It's the sense of we all feel safe in either the the business that we do or the relationships that we have. So you're familiar with Simon Sinek, I I assume. And he worked with some Navy SEALs. And the question he uh, asked them was, how do you determine when a person is right or ready to join one of the SEAL teams, like SEAL Team 6? And they say, well, there's two different different things we have to look at. One is a person's professionalism, the competence, their ability to do the job. They're the idea of I trust you with my life. And then there is the trust that they have, the, the compassion that that is, is demonstrated between a person and the rest of their team. So if competence is I trust you with my life, compassion is I trust you with my money and my wife. And so when we have that sense of being compassionate, we're showing that We are trustworthy with not only the business that we do, but also the the relationships that we have, the the ability to create emotional connections. So if if you have a boss who wants to let shit roll downhill, where they don't care what happens to their underlings as long as they're taken care of, this might be something someone who is very proficient at what they do, But they have they're absolutely bankrupt when it comes to being compassionate. And this is a toxic leader. Whereas if you have someone who is a little bit of who is not as proficient as that kind of person, but the 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 toxic leader, but they are very trustworthy. That is someone who is almost always going to be the first one you think of when you think of a leader. They may not be as proficient in what they do. That doesn't matter. The skills don't matter as much as the connection. So whether you whether you're a coach, whether you are a, um, a a wealth management person, a real estate agent, or you are in other in some other kind of business, a lawyer, a politician doesn't matter. If you are not as if you are not considered the best of the best. It doesn't matter as long as you have the ability to connect with other people. Now, if you're one of those rare individuals who can be the best of the best and be the most completely trustworthy person of all, well, then you're, you're Jesus Christ. So that's all there is to that. You, 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 have, you are the perfect human being. And fortunately, we are all flawed in some way. We all have insecurities that we suffer from.
0: As I the, say, we are perfectly imperfect.
1: Exactly. So by being able to have these um, notions that we don't have to be the best of the best, there's nothing for us to prove. As long as we know enough to help people around us, the most important thing to develop is that ability to have others trust
0: us. The best of the best, I'm always thinking the best of who I was yesterday, today I'm the the better of me of yesterday, not somebody else. It's very interesting, we were talking, um, I think we did uh, last, in the beginning of the year, we did a podcast and we were talking about community and it comes up many times in the men's world, also women's world, but mostly men's world that When, like you were saying about the Navy SEAL, when they are in the army, they know that somebody has their back and they have somebody else's back. There is a community that there is an understanding, that there is an underlying understanding uh, without words that the other person is going to be there if it's needed. So what do you think about the communities right now? Do we have that for men or, or, or
1: should be developed? It's it's entirely um, underdeveloped. And it's because we are in a society now that focuses on skills, on proficiency, on competence. Honestly, men need to know that they can trust someone. They need to know that there is more compassion than there is competence. They need to know that the person that they're interacting with is a real person that they can count on. And that doesn't exist enough for men or for women. Fortunately for women, they have a deeper reservoir of natural connectability that makes them resilient to that idea of a lack of community. They naturally have that with men. Not so much because men are more focused on being the role model of what it means to be composed, of what it means to be a, the calm within the storm. When that is your focus, it's important to know that other people are there that you can rely on when you can't be that calm anymore, when it's just too great, or you've been doing it for way too long and you need someone around you to know that you can recharge.
0: I was reading something very interesting, and uh, you can correct me or you can talk about that. That the the suicide uh, rate in the veterans are at the highest, and one of the reasons it's the community. One of the reasons because they fell out of that that place, that that comfort place. It, it's even if it's not comfort, but it's a stable place where they can rely on the on each other.
1: So the art the military is one of the last bastions of of what it means to support of men supporting men.
0: Yeah.
1: Because you now have an environment where everyone knows what they're supposed to do. There is a shared experience, which is basic training. And being a veteran myself, I always can recognize another veteran like that. And when we connect, there's this, this shared understanding, this unspoken understanding that I know what you've been through because we both have been through the same shit. Mm-hmm. So I can respect the hell out of you. And I know what you're going through. And so I can relate to you much easier. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're in, especially active duty, when you're in that active duty environment, you are in a bubble. You're in a bubble of men supporting men. You're in a, you're in a, 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 this, this wonderful community of people, but it's all based around a job you do. And so when you're no longer needed for that job or you're too old to do that job, they cut you out. Yeah. And that is very traumatic because now you're taken from an environment of men supporting men into an environment of, it's a doggy dog world, figure it out on your own. By the way, you're going to be dealing with some of the most emotionally bankrupt people because they don't have any training, they have no shared experience, and they have no desire to trust you. Good luck. And so when you take someone who has had a very specific training set that can do very specific things, doing bad things to bad people, that is not acceptable in everyday society, You add that to the idea that you have to navigate this world on your own and try to find a few people who can go an inch deeper than the next, but can't really understand you. Maybe you will find that one or two people who are veterans that you can have shared experience with. But even then, that's going to be very limited in how you can really foster a relationship with them unless you live in a community where there's a lot of veterans or um, where they all live together, that's rare. It's more common that you're going to be with a lot of civilians and they aren't going to understand, nor do they care to understand because all they care about is themselves. All they care about is what they need to do next. When you have that environment where where there's no shared experience, they can't express themselves the way they want to because society says no. No. They they don't have anyone who can really share their experience or feel comfortable um, with with stories, with the stories that they have to share. Sometimes the stories they share scare the crap out of people and they aren't willing to listen anyway. And then you have coping mechanisms, which are self-destructive. I mean, for many of these people, there's only one way out. It's the final solution. It, It is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, but it's the only one that they can see because they feel like they have absolutely no value, that they have no worth and no one will ever want to support them.
0: It's very interesting that I live in Canada as you, and I know that there are a lot of homeless uh, veterans because they cannot deal with the society. They cannot reintegrate with all the problems they had and many of, of uh, the help it was cut off for them and they do need lots of help so they can reintegrate if ever, but it, it's very sad. Let's move on to another one that I'm, I'm it's also a, a very interesting um, subject. And I find that women talk about it a lot and some men, the, the locker room, kind of a talk, it's um, uh, complaining about their wives. <laughs> and it's like, you complain, you get together with uh, with uh, your group of people. You complain, and after you go home, and it's like, "Hi, honey, I love you. How are you?" And but behind her back, you were talking nonsense. What do you think about those men who, instead of talking with the wife, they doing that? I see you laughing.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm laughing because I know this very well, and it's it's called venting. Yeah. When women do it, it's called gossip. When men do it, it's called venting. But for some reason for men, it's not, it's not, it's not acceptable. Give me a break. Men do this because men, this is the shared experience. You're a man. Yes. So you understand that I'm going through some problems. You're probably going through the same problems. I'm going to vent to you. So, because you're willing to listen and you can probably give me some insight I hadn't thought of. This is one of the reasons why men need men so much, because yes, we need to vent about our spouses sometimes because they drive us crazy. We love them, but they <laughs> drive us crazy. And that's okay. It, it's, it's the, it's the acknowledgement that, you know what, men and women are both imperfect creatures and we need a stable environment to vent about that instability. If we don't have that, then it creates a deteriorating relationship very fast and it makes the, our ability to trust our, our mates, our wives, that much harder. Because if they're saying, oh, you better not be talking about, about me behind my back, that's just insecurity on the woman's part. Of course I'm going to talk about my wife behind her back. Of course I am. But, it's, it's, but it, should be, it should be understood that I'm going to be doing that with other men that I trust to one Keep my secrets about what I share, not not share them with anybody else. And two, um, be willing to just listen and empathize. And maybe three, give me some perspective, but that's not necessary. The first two are. So yeah, I mean, that's that is natural. That is that is healthy. And to demonize that, I think is 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 a tragedy. Because women do this all the time with other women. They get around, along with women, and they complain about their men. Why is that considered natural? But men talking about their wives is not.
0: See, that's why in all times, in all times, like the divorce rate, it's very high this time. And in all times, if something was broken, they fix it. But they had the men's club. And they had the women who got together cooking, whatever doing, and they were talking about life. Men, they went to the men's club. They talk about whatever business, uh, women, uh, wives. And when they get home, they got home, they were, the tension, it was gone because they were able to, to release it with the other men. That, that it's, it was like a testosterone filled room that mm-hmm. it was very healthy. So if it, and it was because the feminism came up and the feminist person who created feminism, I think she's rolling in her, in her grave because the idea, it wasn't that you push down the man. So you show how much you are the woman and you are in charge, but actually it was for voting and for whatever other reasons to go to work and have the same uh, payment, which is, which is totally fair, but it's not fair that for them from the men that was taken away those clubs. And now if a club is formed, the woman, I want to go in, I, I, I have to be a part of it because this is chauvinistic. What is Good. that all about? Well,
1: I, I think that a woman that, that says I need to be a part of it, Um, I, I, or else it's going to be chauvinistic. I think that the reason why they have been getting away with this is because people have not been saying no. Mm -hmm. And, and then all hell is, is raised and it's just social pressure for the men to find whatever, instead of sticking by their guns and saying, no, this is not allowed. The reason why we have this is for our own pleasure. No girls allowed. And just being saying that firmly but without any vehement, without any degradation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's apparently we've gotten to a point where it's believed that if you're saying no to one person it's because you don't respect them. I can say no to you Ava and I can still respect the hell out of you. I can disres- I, I, I can disagree with you but I can still show you the utmost respect. I can say that you know what because you're a woman, there are certain things that you cannot relate to with me. So I have to be with other men, peace. And I can still say that without, without making you feel like you are any less of a person, because there is something that I can't relate to with you.
0: We are very differently wired. And it's just normal that, I cannot understand what you're going through. The way that men cannot understand what the woman is going through, like when he's pregnant, because the hormones—it's all over the place and they are crazy. Really, it's craziness.
1: So, you—I feel for women. Man. I, I really feel for women who, and I know we're going to be going through a complete episode about women. But I, I gotta say, as a man, I really feel for my wife when she has those kinds of of hormones going through—the yeah. cramping, the the mood swings. I feel for her. I mean, yeah, I get frustrated as hell sometimes because I, I'm the I am the punching bag for for how she's feeling. I know that it's not about me, yeah. but still it does raise some frustrations. Again, that's normal. And have a healthy outlet that I can use to talk about that, it's also very normal. And to take that away is it's the most criminal thing that you could do. To marginalize that is to basically say men, men's feelings don't matter. And then bitching about the fact that men don't talk about their feelings it's a it's it's a double standard that does not solve
0: anything and the same way like how you understand women when they go through things men they have their moment of breakdown and it can happen only for a day can be happening all up uh, for uh, for a few days but it's really for them it, it's it's important so you can vent all of them to vent and and to get a an understanding i prefer to have a disagreement and have different point of views and see how the other person thinks because my my right it's not always the right thing maybe it's right for me but it does not concern you as a man right
1: exactly exactly correct just because you have an opinion does not mean i have to buy into it just because you have a need or you have a perspective does not mean I have to go along with that. Yeah. I'm going to have my own perspective. And it's going to be different from you different from yours, because like you said, there are certain things about each other that we will not be able to understand. And that's okay. It's, it's, the, it's being able to respect each other as people. That, that is, is the main that's the, that's the main concept here. It's being able to respect a person for a person, not because of their gender, not because of of any kind of superficial circumstantial thing that they cannot control. It's just about being a person, respect a person for just being them. That's, that's the only requirement we have as people is to give each other the decent respect of being people. Everything else is earned. But that is one thing that we have to do is just see each other as human beings.
0: I'm going to bring up a subject with, about usual, I don't talk. They saying it's like when you are in, like I had been in Toastmasters many, many years ago, says you don't talk, talk about politics, religion and sex. I'm going to bring up the religion because I see that it's very pushed down the religion, but it had it had its its purpose. And the purpose, I believe it was um, being kind because most of the, the religious entities, what they, what they teach, even though people say, no, no, no. Even in, uh, in Muslim religion is to be nice and be kind and uh, in Christian religion, the same thing. And it was a, a, a perfect place for men and women to respect each other they were taught from the church okay Uh, I know some people are going to have uh, roll their eyes but I believe that there was something really good in that because it kept people in a way that yeah acceptance it was kind of acceptance don't you think
1: absolutely and I, I am a religious person myself. I don't broadcast it, but I am very religious. And really, when you're, the caliber of your religion isn't what you prove, it's how you are. Again, it goes back to that trait of composure. From what I've known about every single religion that has come, uh, that has come to pass, they all had one central theme, which was the unity of man. So the idea of of religion is about unity it's, it's about the unification of humanity and there's a there's a concept that i absolutely love about looking at human beings as as one bird think of a human humanity as a bird you've got one wing which is man and another wing which is women now unless both wings are equally developed the bird is never going to get off the ground bird is never going to fly Now, the the concept of being equally developed does not mean developed the same. It does not mean the exact same thing. All it means is expressing the the quality of, of one and the quality of the other and recognizing the power of both and exemplifying that to the best possible degree on both sides. So for men... It's being composed, showing how to be a good leader, be that rock, be that person that can, that can be relied upon. For women, it's about being the best nurturer, being able to, to uh, develop and to teach and to be compassionate. And by then having both the men and the women working together so that they can both flap at the same time, basically making sure that they're in sync, that they are, that they are doing what is necessary to get off that ground so they can elevate the station of humanity to, to, from where they were. Only way they can get off the ground is to one, make sure that, that you have all the parts working correctly. And two, that they're all working in unison. So if you have that, As long as you have that, you're able to achieve greatness. But without that, it's all chaos and and utter failure.
0: Now that we covered most of the the parts of of life uh, of men, can you tell men how they can improve, how they can get in touch with you to be uh, more in control of their lives? So I let I
1: let you speak. So the best way that a man can show that they're in control, uh, that they are uh, in control of themselves anyway, and that they can influence their environment in the best way possible, is to show that composure. Mm-hmm. Is to show that ability to be, w- regardless of what's going on around them, they, they can be. They know what they have to do, and they can execute with. With, with passion, with excitement, with zeal, and still they can be trusted to be approached by others who say, I need your help or I want to help you. One of those two. And then trusting that relationship. Show, you do that just by continuing to show composure in whatever relationship you are in, whether it is personal, it is relationship, it is familial, it is with your friends. It doesn't matter. Your ability to be composed affects positively every area of your life. And when you do that, you find opportunities to be kind so that kindness can find you in return. So if, as a man, you were looking to achieve that, you can always hit me up at relatum.com. You can find me on Facebook at jason.ian.matthews. Or you can find me uh, at uh, Instagram. I believe it's Compassionate Power. Yeah, Compassion Strategies, actually. So yeah, um, it'll be in the show notes. Um, you can find me on, on my website. That'll be on the show notes as well. If this is something that you are struggling with and you really want to find an answer, hit me up. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. Just, it, it's, it's just It's just a conversation. So, yeah.
0: For me, a man also, besides that, is the person who can stand up straight and can face the problems and the music. And they can say, okay, I screwed up and I can, let me see what can I do. So, so it's, uh, it's interesting. I so love that we talked about this subject. I think it's so important because men are fearful and I wish they would not be fearful. I wish they would stand up for themselves because they have nothing to lose, but everything to gain. Don't you agree? i agree
1: i absolutely agree and the, the as soon as they as soon as they realize that they have nothing to lose as soon as they realize that they only have things to gain and any perceived loss is just a um, figment of their imagination once once they realize that then th- they become okay they can become okay with taking action and there are ways to to get there even if you don't feel that way right now
0: Thank you so much, Jason. I'm going to put all the information uh, in the podcast. And next time we're going to cover women. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Let's have fun with that. (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: Eva, thank you so much for having me.
0: And uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And all the
1: best. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of of Eva, The Relationship Maker. I love talking about issues that uh, it's pertinent to people and they can learn from it or they can just ignore it. If everything goes well in your life, you don't have to think about it. But if you have any questions, please don't hesitate. Send me the questions. Uh, send me a note. I would love to read it. Send the questions and the note to uh, Jason. And I'm going to leave all the information on the write-up in the podcast write-up. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you are uh, celebrating, and happy, happy, very prosperous new year to all of my listeners. Goodbye.